0: Okay, so we're yet again having an album review. So this is Sound Garden's Ultra Mega Okay, which is, in my opinion, just Ultra Mega Okay. So, all right. I'm going to give this album a little bit of slack because this may have been before they really hit their stride, so to speak. I think that's an expression that could really be used here. And uh, it was obviously their first full album. They had a few EPs before this one came out, but this was really kind of their crossover album into a successful run. And after Ultra Mega OK came out, Soundgarden released their second album called Louder Than Love in 1989, and their third album, Bad Motor Finger, which came out in 1991, and which itself achieved even greater success, reaching number 39 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and receiving multiple platinum certifications worldwide. And hey, that's more than I've ever been able to accomplish, so they've got that going for them here, obviously. Soundgarden are a huge band, and, you know, that's significant. The band subsequently released their fourth studio album, Super Unknown, in 1994, which won the Grammy Award for the songs Black Hole Sun and Spoon Man. And man, I remember when those songs first came out, you know, Black Hole Sun that had pretty kick-ass music video, and Spoon Man, well, it's got uh, a dude playing spoons in it that unfortunately you can barely really hear in the... uh, album mix of the song. I think you can hear it better in the music video version. But I also remember Beavis and Butthead uh, talking about Spoon Man back in the day. And hey, if Beavis and Butthead liked it, you know, there's a chance that I liked it too. But anyway, those two songs won Grammy Awards, like I said, and another album by them called Down on the Upside was released in 1996. And then it was basically Splitsville for them. They disbanded in 1997 and only reunited way back in 2010. But then they called it quits again due to to the uh, tragic suicide death of singer and guitarist Chris Cornell, which was both tragic and also led to some ugly legal disputes between Cornell's wife and the remaining members of the band. Since then, they, you know, um, I mean, since the 2010 Reuniting thing, they did release a final album called King Animal, and that was in 2012. And I have to confess, I haven't listened to that one yet either. Um, Similarly, I haven't listened to the full album of um, either Bad Motor Finger or, um, let's see, What was the other one called again? Oh yeah, Down on the Upside. There we go. But I definitely am familiar with Super Unknown, even though, oddly enough, I didn't own that at all or listen to the full album until past the 1990s. But I was familiar with those songs, and they probably helped shape my perception of Ultra Mega OK. So that's a little bit of the background, but You know, I'm going to give the full service here, or at least most of the full service. You know, the band formed in 1984 in Seattle, Washington, which obviously made them labeled as grunge at the time, because that's apparently one of the main reasons you will be labeled grunge in the 1980s or 90s if you were around in Seattle, Washington, and you performed rock music. But Soundgarden was first known for their album Ultra Mega OK, even though they weren't known as widely, of course. So on this album, Hiro Yamamoto was the bassist, and he even sang lead vocals on the track Circle of Power, so that already makes it slightly different. And he also wrote the lyrics for that song, and I believe at least a few others on that album. So the band was later joined by bassist Ben Shepard, but that Hiro Yamamoto guy can still be heard on this album, and he can still say he was in an, he was in an iconic rock band, which is certainly not something everyone can say. And really, if I could say that, I'm sure I would probably never shut up about it, honestly. So Soundgarden originally had Cornell on drums, before he switched to rhythm guitar, which is another interesting fact. Kind of reminds me of how Frank Zappa, I think, originally started as a drummer, unless I'm mistaken. And uh, he uh, was replaced with Matt Cameron on this album. He took over and provided the rhythms. And Matt is currently the drummer for Pearl Jam. So basically i have... Chris Cornell, Kim Thiel on lead guitar. You have uh, the other two that I mentioned, who were the primary um, developers of the Soundgarden sound, I guess you could say. And uh, what else can I say about Ultra Mega OK? I've already hinted that you know the album is not... It just didn't knock my socks off. Personally, as much as I don't want to trash the album... I have to admit, there weren't really any standout tracks for me. And I, I hate to say it, and I, I kind of regret it already, but this almost feels like it's the band's demo. For, you know, um, it, there's something just kind of incomplete about it. Um, it's raw, and I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But it, I don't know, it just seems like uh, they weren't at their um, their best here. So Ultramega OK is really just OK, especially compared to their other albums. That's not to say it's even bad, and I should definitely give it additional listens in the future. But, you know, it's not exactly high on my priority list, musically. Uh, it's, It's possible that someday I'll listen to their EPs, such as Screaming Life from 1987 and Fop from 1988. But, you know, again, I'll have to get around to that sometime. One neat thing I can say is this album was released on October 31st, 1988, by SST Records. So that means not only was it an independent release, but it was a Halloween release date, which is, you know, it doesn't really mean that much, but it's, you know, a cute little fact you can bring up about the album. I would say the group was still trying to find itself at this point, and I think it's kind of obvious if you listen to the tracks. I think the main standout track from the album is called Flower, which sort of has the, that signature Soundgarden sound, but it has a bit more of a live sound than some of their other studio recordings, and that kind of to me is what might be a plus for some people. I'm sure there are some people out there who would listen to this album and they'd be like, well, this is actually their best album and and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if if you're really into more raw sounds, it's almost more like a, a garage band sort of thing, then you might appreciate this more than some of their future albums. The main problem to me is simply that it's also a bit too short of a song, you know, the song Flower. On the plus side you can you can hear a bit more of why people say grunge was influenced by punk rock in the track because there is a bit of a punky feel to the song. Still, I got to say that you know, punk songs aren't necessarily all that short anyway. So I think it could have been expanded on a bit. I don't think it would have hurt the track, so Even with their best song on this album, I could still have some critiques of it, which, you know, makes it sound like I'm being harsh to it, but I'm actually trying to be nice. (laughs) Another standout track might be their cover of Howlin' Wolf's Smokestack Lightning, though it still definitely doesn't adequately compare to the original. I think it's more of a novelty thing, I suppose, you might say. It's, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it is it is what it is, I guess. That's why they have that expression for when you can't really explain uh, your attitude on something. So again, I hate to sound like a downer here. You know, I, I am a bit of a Soundgarden fan. I have one of their albums, Super Unknown. But, you know, it's uh, it's another thing where I don't want to sound overly sorry either But, you know, what can I say? It's just an album that helped launch a band into doing better albums shortly thereafter. So that being said, if this is your favorite Soundgarden album, I think I understand why. It's a bit more raw, a bit more aggressive and in-your-face than some of their other albums probably are. And it sounds less studio and ballad-oriented. So... You know how some bands do write some decent ballad-style tracks? And that would include Soundgarden. So I've, I don't think the lack of ballads thing is necessarily that big of a strength. And I think this album's songs could have simply used a bit more of those key elements that we all know from them later. So basically, I've, I've said enough about this. It's already a little bit of a longer episode than I thought it would be. But, you know, it's it's one of those quirky things. I had some thoughts about Soundgarden, and I wanted to get them out there. Go ahead and check this album out. It's not like I don't recommend you try it. Maybe you'll love it. And if you have some, you know, point of disagreement, like maybe you think I'm completely and totally off, well, you know, I'm, I'm open to hearing those opinions. Although keep in mind, it's not like this is a court of law or something like that. It's really just the court of one man's opinion. So there you go. That's about it. And you have yourself a wonderful day.